<laughs> Good morning, Pepe. Good morning, Justin. How you doing? I'm well. How are you doing? Not too bad. Not too bad. So I'm glad that we are sort of on to episode two of uh, our love and agile or agile and love. And, uh, you know, let, let's see where it goes. How was your week? My week was good. <clears throat> Learning and getting myself involved uh, with the changing environment, which is which is a good thing, and figuring out how to contribute. Awesome. How about yours? It was it was it was good. It was good. Um, I've been submitting proposals for a couple of gigs, um, and then um, I met with a. Actually, I think that I would like to connect you guys. Um, I was catching up with a really, really good friend, and um, from from Salom. His name is uh, Bill Bill Whedon. Um, I think I'm pronouncing his name correctly. And so we were we were catching up, and hey, so, so he asked. Like, what are you doing these days? So and I, I was explaining that I've been submitting uh, a lot of uh, proposals for potential gigs in multiple outlets. And uh, so the, the conversation went a little bit kind of like, um, he, he made a couple of comments that are, um, what is the word I want to use? Um, not suitable for this audience, but... Uh, but then I ended up, uh, and voluntarily, which is the reason why you and I are here, because every time, almost every time you and I connect to catch up and talk about work, we always talk about, uh, agile in comparing to relationships, romantic relationships that it, uh, so I explained to Bill that, uh, the process of submitting, uh, proposals and connecting doing the networking to me is very similar to dating and and the context was that every call um uh that i attended uh sort of like a speed dating event at mit um and it was meant to to sort of hone social skills for for grad students, but and I remember this this room. Obviously, this I don't think this happens anymore. Um, was in the sort of the mid nineties, and this was his room with approximately twenty tables, and so someone was sitting there, and a bunch of guys were kind of rotating from table to table, and they had I think like two minutes to talk to the person sitting in, at the table, a, a woman. And the the reality, or what I ended up explaining to Bill, is that sending proposals and doing networking and talking to people it's it's like dating because at the end of the day, is really is there a chemistry? The, the other individual uh, receiving the message, um, you like say you and I have a specific set of skills that I believe, I have no doubt that can make a difference and it can be very impactful for any organization. 
and like like I know you and, and you know me and there is an element of trust and you know that if if your team needs a uh, training or a coaching you could easily say hey Pepe you know uh, just come and help us because you know me but when you are in this scenario this speed dating it's really hard to convey all the things that you are or all the things that you do in a short period yeah. of time, like in an interview, right? And incredibly, incredibly difficult. So at the end, is really about the connection. That's why I was comparing job searching, uh, gig landing to dating. So he was cracking up. He's like, what do you mean? It's, it's true. It's, uh, you know, yeah. whether the other individual so finds it appealing or there is some report that makes it say yes you know uh extremely similar to the speed dating because at the end you know you yeah uh, um students have to go through like every single table which by the way growing up in mexico to me that was a foreign concept it was kind of like i mean what uh speed dating if you want to i mean if you are interested in a romantic relationship like you go to places where you can sort of find it, either a church or a pub, uh, some dancing hall like where social events and then try to establish the connection the old-fashioned way. So for me, seeing the speed dating, it was kind of like, what is that? Anyways, so sorry for the diatribe, but uh, so that was part of my week today. And I I thought I thought I was sharing with you. Yeah. Um, because because we're always talking about how um, agile and love are interconnected, and so in this in this case, the connection is that I find it you know job searching, consulting, really like like dating. At the end, is does chemistry exist between two parties? And the answer is yes, which at the end has little to do with the skills they bring to the table. So I guess it really begs the question when you think of you're saying chemistry and I've never thought about it. Well, I'll say since I'm the single one here, I don't look at it as chemistry or fit or other words that describe the emotional portion. But what I'll say are, or what is the, what are the values and what makes it so difficult is, or what I'm, my hypothesis is that what makes it difficult is that one, people are honest with themselves about what their values are. Uh, absolutely. And, 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 or not comfortable sharing that with someone that they have not built any type of rapport with. And, and by that, I mean, it could literally just be like, Hey, we met each other twice or have, the respect that is let's take this seriously involvements or interactions that are of that social agreement meaning when you're at work or you're in a work setting generally speaking you have that expectation that while we might have a few minutes to get to know each other on a personal level as a human that our interactions are generally and should be viewed with uh, a level of trustworthiness 
Whereas at least today in dating, there's people who are looking to have a good time, which AKA let's just have sex. Yep. But they won't say that. Some people will. And then the people who are looking for a quality relationship or marriage, while they might say that, might not be truthful about it. And if they are, may not actually know what that means for them in the way of here are the values that I'm looking for. And I, I always find it comical when corporate America has, oh, here are the five core values or here are the 10 core values that our company has. And I guess I think back like, why don't we just stick with the 10 commandments and start getting those right? Why don't, why don't we do that? Right. And you can make that somewhat secular. You know, don't steal from work. Great. that That's a commandment, right? Um, what is adultery is... Uh, don't date at work, I guess. Well, I wouldn't say you couldn't date at work. I'd say it's a respect respect others and try and make sure that you're putting the company first and you're not which would be sort of like corporate espionage sort of a thing, right? You know, yeah. but, in, but in that way, just focus on the employer you currently have. If you feel like you need to, for whatever reason, you have the sense that you need to move on and take another opportunity, just be above board about it. Yeah, you yeah. don't need to. Just... Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, so there's, I think, a fair number of parallels that a, that a person could take in, in sort of stripping out any sort of religious component and just, there are right there for 10 commandments. You've got what probably half a dozen to maybe four different things that if you just sort of did those professionally, you, you'd be well served and it's not necessarily bringing God to work, but let's be honest, you can't strip out who you are as a person when you're at work. That's why a lot of people are looking for quote unquote more in their work is because they're looking to fill that void because they have stripped it out and decided to put it back with work or other things that are not as fulfilling as, as what that might be. In one person's opinion, obviously. Yeah, yes. Whoa. Um, a few things uh, to unpack here. Yeah. What are your thoughts? So, like, you, you mentioned two things that really stood out. A couple, but the the you mentioned, uh, you know, like the the emotional connection, uh, and then I'm gonna draw the parallels with the relationships and and work, uh, which th that's what I meant uh, uh, when I when I mentioned chemistry between the interviewer and the candidate, or in the context of dating, where there is, you know, casual sex or long-term relationship is that you're absolutely right is that we are uh the, the, as humans uh we we evolve and in and even a situational i mean sometimes our needs change and sometimes if we need to sort of just a superficial connection or whether it's long term the key is sort of staying true to yourself Right. So stating, uh, I mean, I'm not saying that you have to be like completely direct and, you know, like pop into a pub, sit down and then turn around. You see someone is like, hey, you want to have sex? That's not what I meant. Uh, uh, That's a quick uh, way to get slapped. Of, exactly. And I think that what happens, uh, I think that what happens is that it's, it's very similar when 
in, in any social, you, you mentioned the social contract, in any social setting, I think the key is kind of staying true to yourself because whatever your values, whatever, whether you, you're laughing or you're loud or you tell jokes or you're a little bit too serious or something, but whatever the case might be, there's always someone that is going to find those things appealing. And it's just a matter of finding or allowing yourself to be found or find someone where there is work or 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 a romantic interest with with similar values and you mentioned the, the commandments and i believe that at some point uh whether it's social settings or in, in corporate we try that's my again my opinion is that sometimes we are in our best behavior and not necessarily in our in our true behavior which is where again that's the juxtaposition of or rather the, the foundation from my perspective of trustworthy relationships uh when 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 you are sort of when, when you when you live your own values whatever they are right uh, and and you live them in in you and I are a good example, right? So we might not see eye to eye in many different things, uh, but the truth is that we have similar values and that we find um, our our relationship is based on respect. This, even even though it's very young, like when I when I reached out to you the first time to ask you to come and talk at Agile New England. There was an element that we, when we talked, you know, it's chemistry, there is some kind of like emotional involvement. And I thought like, oh, I, I like this guy. I think that I like the way he speaks. He's very articulate. So there were some elements that I, I personally don't have a way to explain it. Like why I felt comfortable. I thought this guy fits the bill. Let's look no further. So, I need to have you being my wingman. You need to be my wingman now in life. <laughs> and you could just you could just you could just stand next to, to me and, and and in between all the women that I'm you know trying to connect with and be like this guy this guy's my hype guy he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna help you understand who I can really be and uh, <laughs> I wonder hey, I wonder if that would that would be a thing you gotta have you gotta have a hype man <laughs> let, let's let's do it let's yeah. do it and you know that's that's interesting because that's... What, what do you tell you what do you tell your wife on that one no no I'm going to hang out with Justin it's gonna be his hype guy but. I'm not, he's not hyping me up for, for women, right? Like that, that's trust. That's trust right there. I think so. I think so. I think, um, um, I believe so. I think that, um, I have a really good friend, um, and I'm going to try to describe it. Uh, his, um, uh, Joe, I'm going to, I'm not going to say his name, um, his, his last name, but Joe, he's of Italian descent is, is one of my best friends in one of my oldest friendships. Um, so he's of Sicilian descent, tall, uh, very Italian looking, handsome guy. Uh, and what I'm going at this is that when I met him, you know, I met him many years ago and we both were singles. And I remember that we used to do bar hopping in Boston. And we, you know, we did a lot of, um, we party a lot. 
So fast forward, and he's in a serious relationship, and, and so am I. And when um, lately, when when we get together, uh, he con he continues to draw a lot of attention, right? Um, and then when 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 I go out with him, I I honestly think that uh, if I was dating someone from say. Um, and I'm generalizing, by the way, and oversimplifying. In uh, in in Mexico, it's uh, the the threshold for trust is not the same as in the U.S. So my wife and I we have a really good relationship. And when I go out with Joe, there's an element of trust. Like I know that if you ask me, you know, like. Uh, when or why or how I kind of like became uh, monogamous, right? Uh, the, I think the I don't I don't have an answer. It was it was something that is done over time, and at some point that commitment one has to re revisit so often to remind you. And honestly, I don't know if that sounds like a cliche, but to understand that. Don't take, don't take your wife for granted. Don't take the relationship for granted. So before I digress, so when I, whenever I go out with Joe, uh, the, the potential for sort of uh, what you described a, a few minutes earlier to uh, hype each other up exists. But my wife is kind of like, you're going to go with Joe. And the funny thing, the funny thing is that uh, the the last couple of uh, years that I go out with him more often than not, we don't even go out. Uh, I go to his house and he's you know like tired all the time. We we end up watching TV and uh, you know like seriously like we don't even go. And especially because now that he's in a in a in a serious relationship, it also kind of. He doesn't. I used to go out to pubs and the casino with him because he, when he was single, he was kind of like, "Oh, let's go out and let's, let's you know, let's uh, let's get wild." And uh, for me, over time, it, I, I guess the uh, the need to go wild it it erodes over time. But going out with him is fun. So um, whenever I go out with him. My my wife has absolutely no 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 problem. I will say so. I hear what you're saying. Part of me was thinking on the professional correlation when you talk about going out and getting wild. Is that the equivalent on the corporate side of innovation, right? And companies lose their not lose, but forget the innovation that got them there. And I was thinking of Andy Grove's. Deep, uh, book that he wrote about being paranoid and so I think about Intel and how just man they they, they just fumbled the ball on the, on the five yard line you, you know mobile mobile chipsets uh, you know they could have owned that space or been a more significant player than they are and then losing out on Apple which I get that that's the consumer side but it, it's definitely a visible loss of, of some amount of volume um, but you know, Apple being Apple, they're going to go in and obviously 
try and take as much as they can in-house. But if you have a great relationship with them and a great partnership, the way Apple sort of works, they broad brush. I've never worked at Apple, but they'd be not less inclined, but they would sort of say like, hey, let's keep with the status quo. But if you can't keep up with how they're wanting to push innovation, then they're going to they're going to go figure something else out somewhere else. And so that idea of what you were saying about how do you keep a marriage fresh, I suppose that's sort of the, for some relationships, right? That's how you, keeping that in mind is how you keep the relationship constructive, healthy, vibrant, keep the garden tilled, so to speak, where you can grow new crops and explore, do new things. And over the course of 20, 30, what X number of years, you've grown lots of potatoes, you've grown corn, you you maybe have experimented with orchids, although those are really high maintenance and so probably not orchids, but you get the idea that you, within like sort of whatever your environment ecosystem is, you've experimented with with whatever. So I get that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and again, um, I think that that's an oversimplification. I agree with you. But in terms of like the garden, the the way you describe it, described it is kind of like the happy path, right? So we're not we're talking about just the exercise of gardening or keeping the relationship fresh, or the work environment conducive to innovation, without considering the the multiple elements impacting it, like you know, in the relationship, like in my case, you know, you have children you have work you have uh debt you have a number of things hobbies activities that can impact that relationship just like the way you describe andy andy grooves and intel like that paranoia that impacted innovation i mean you and i know that the teams that keep fresh don't punish risk-taking continue that path of innovation just like in a relationship you know if you don't punish taking some risks that's what's going to keep it fresh and again it's an oversimplification but uh but i know i know we're gonna wrap up here in a moment i was thinking the one of the biggest lessons that i learned or i should say one lesson that i learned that has stayed with me for a while is a, a guy that i worked with a while ago uh and i guess we are friends um, we just don't get to see each other that often because he lives on a different continent. Um, but this guy, uh, Tarang Bakshi, so shout out to him. Uh, we were working at a small company uh, that no longer exists anymore. And I was all hyped up on, I want to work in strategy. I want to work on you know, the IT strategy side and like, you know, do that. And it was interesting, his approach, because we were pretty much at the same point in our career. And he was like, he just wanted to do operational things and sort of like build, build great things. And so we were fooling around with, I'll say, Agile and sort of like it's for us, because this was, what, 2004, maybe, 2005. And so we were sort of fooling around with, um, you know, different, different things. And the part that was really helpful is when you think about just getting your day-to-day right, that is 90% of work. You, you nail, nail down your day-to-day and then 
you know, lots of people have written books and this is not exactly what you said because one the conversation was a while ago but if you get operationally excellent and just understanding how to you know turn the widget do foo that the strategic stuff becomes kind of easy and it becomes easy because you're not worried about how to get the crank going. You're not worried about how to do the day-to-day. -day. You understand what's required to do the day-to-day. -day. And I'll say that's a different perspective than I think a lot of folks have had shared that concept. But it's ultimately true when you think about any time you've had an opportunity to contribute or be in the room and it's just two or three people and it's you know one or two executives are about to make a decision and they want your input or you know, whatever it might be is you have to be an operationally excellent people manager, right? That's a fair amount of work. That's not nothing, right? You have to understand how your people work, how the organization works. You have to be proficient at a lot of different things, which lots of football coaches will say the blocking and tackling. Hey, we can't win the game unless we don't turn the ball over and everyone tackles the person they're supposed to tackle. Otherwise, we're going to give up big gains and now we lose 40 whatever to 10 or something like that. So from that perspective that advice has sort of morphed a little bit over time but having a lot of input on to what the future will be is get your day-to-day -day right you know nail that down 90 percent that's that doing that and being excellent at that means that it opens everything up and then you know this is more current which is jocko willick's uh, discipline is freedom is a pretty good book and then extreme ownership sort of mirrors that concept in a more modern day perspective on uh, the last five or six years, which talks about the idea of the greater discipline that we have and understanding why we're doing different things. It's not just blatantly just do things for the sake of someone said, this is good for you. Figure out what's right, what's appropriate, nail those down, do those. It's a whole lot easier to be accepting and it's actually really easy to be flexible because you understand what you need to do. You're getting up when you need to. You're taking the time for yourself to recharge. There's nothing you can't do. Yep. Uh, so. I, I like that book, actually, by the way, The Extreme Ownership. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah. Um, and you're right. I think that is uh, t time to wrap it up to keep it a little bit uh, uh, not succinct, but short. And um, mm -hmm. I, like to, um, I like to close with um, just to sort of like, from my perspective of the conversation, to kind of like takeaways. I want to revisit what you said. Um, you know, I, I could be your wingman. And and what I mentioned that, you know, my when I go out to see some of my friends, the trust that my wife puts in me. But it's also, I reciprocate, you know. So he if, if she goes out with the girls, um, the same, same element. Um, and even though we're in our 50s, I mean, I find her still very attractive. But still, when she goes out, there's that, that element of trust. And by the way, just let me know when you want to go out and I'll be your wingman. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and then so, uh, and what I failed to uh, elaborate on comparing, comparing uh, job hunting to the dating is that uh, in terms of toolkits, right? So at work or in an interview, we are trying to explain all these skills we have, right? Which are commodities, right? If, if say for sake of argument, if I'm applying to, program manager or product uh, manager in your resume, you list all the, all the skills necessary to be 
um, aspiring to be excellent at doing those things. Just like in dating, you know, every single individual has the same kind of like two hands and I don't want to get into sort of like, I don't want to take a left turn and, you know, discriminate against someone who's in a wheelchair or whatever. My point is that when you, in, in that setting, uh, there's a man and there's a woman at the table and, you know, they have the same kind of like toolkit to perform whatever relationship they're going to, about to have. Everybody has two hands, one mouth for kissing or talking or two arms to like hug or whatever. And ultimately, just like, sort of like the skills in a resume, but ultimately is whether there's chemistry or not. And anyways, that's that's all. And um, I don't know if you have any uh, closing remarks. I don't. I think I think you've I think you've done a good summary of our conversation. And I'll see you in our next episode. Awesome. Well, have a fantastic weekend. And uh, for those who are uh, listening, hope to um, I hope they can jo- join us again. And and feel free to give us feedback. Okay, this is a yes. product that we need to find out. We'd like to find out if, you know, we are, we're doing a good job. There is a, a need or desire to listen to um, our conversations. I find them very entertaining and I hope you do the same, but if not, let us know. Definitely. Thanks. All right, Justin, we'll talk later. Bye now. Okay, bye.